0: Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew 6, 1 through 13. Read along with me. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from, from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward." And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
1: Well, thank you, Whitley, for reading the passage. Last week, I began the sermon with a miniature State of the Union, full of updates about our church. Now, here are two quick updates to the update. First, the baby who was uh, slated uh, to be born on Monday, last Monday, um was born right on time, and both the mother and the baby are doing really well. And thank you to all of those who signed up for meals. That's still just a wonderful thing that we're, uh, that's still continuing, even in kind of the weird times that we are right now. The second update to the update is that the two healthcare workers who were suspected of having the coronavirus were tested and cleared. So they are not sick, which which is great news. One final thing to mention before we get into the passage is this. We have Zoom like video Sunday schools, now for three groups of people, children, youth, and adults, and so the links to those videos and those Sunday schools come out with our weekly emails, and we'd love for you to participate. We're spending the next six weeks teaching through the Lord's Prayer from Matthew's Gospel. The series is called, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. Now, the Lord's Prayer divides nicely into six shorter phrases or sentences. This morning, we're going to focus on the phrase, hallowed be your name. Before we get there, I want to reread verse 2 again. I love the way this line about the trumpet that Jesus has. Jesus says, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Some think that a trumpet was used to announce the times of giving or fasting. Others think it perhaps is just a metaphor, like tooting your own horn. Regardless, the point is the same. Don't love attention from men when you serve the Lord. A former pastor of mine told me the story of a politician giving to a shelter where my pastor used to work. Now, he didn't mind so much that she showed up with an entourage and cameras because the organization had given a lot of money. And documenting the gift, even celebrating the gift, wasn't necessarily wrong. What bothered my friend was the hypocritical nature of it. When the cameras rolled, she expressed care for the children. And when the cameras shut down, so did her affection. Perhaps you've seen this sort of hypocrisy before. Maybe you've even been a victim of it a pawn in someone else's self-promotion. The Lord's Prayer and the surrounding passage show us that when we don't know the affection of God the Father, we'll scramble to find that affirmation in a thousand other ways, sometimes with trumpets, sometimes with TV cameras and large checks. And this week, we can even hone the theme into something more specific. When we don't hallow God's name, We'll hollow our own. Now that word hollow, "hallow," H A L L O W, not H O L L O W, meaning to hollow something out, meaning to make it hollow. To hallow, we use that, or um, we're both at the same time familiar and unfamiliar with that word. We say it in the Lord's Prayer, but we don't always have a context for what it means to hallow something. Let me reread verse nine again. We read it this way. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The beginning of the Lord's Prayer, just like the beginning of the Ten Commandments, invites us to look upward. We look up to our Creator, the one who made us. To hallow something is to regard it as special, even holy. It is to set something apart from everything else. The Genesis account of creation in the fourth commandment tell us to set apart the Sabbath as holy. Genesis chapter 2 and Exodus chapter 20, as well as Deuteronomy 5. We are to treat the Sabbath as special. That's also what it means to hallow God's name, to set his name apart as special, as holy. It means to regard his name in distinction. And what about the word name in the phrase, hallowed be your name? A person's name in the Bible is more than their actual name, as my name is Benjamin. A name, biblically speaking, is one's reputation, one's character, their worth. This prayer is asking that his character, that God's character, his worth, his reputation would be regarded as special, as holy, and as weighty. And I'll key on that phrase, weighty, for a moment. One of my favorite pastors uses the analogy of a solar system when speaking about God. He equates God to the sun, which has all the size and the mass to have the gravity to hold all the planets of the solar system in their orbit. So there's the sun and the planets that move around the sun, just as the earth, in a sense, has the gravity for the moon. If the sun should stop being the sun, If the sun should lose its weight and gravity even for a moment, then the planets would just fly out of orbit, which, of course, would be disastrous. God, in all His power and glory, is like the sun. The Lord's Prayer teaches us to look upward and regard God as the center of our solar system. Lest the planets of our own life, the little details and the big details of our lives would fly into chaos. Maybe you feel like that right now, like the planets of your life have flown out of orbit. I I don't want to be unnecessarily harsh. The times we live in are extraordinary. So some disturbance and chaos makes sense. But I wonder if for many people, this pandemic has caused you to reflect on whether God is at the center of your solar system, If so, if you're reflecting upon that, that's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a gift. It's grace to behold the one whose gravity can hold you when everything else would fail. And this leads to the next point in the sermon. First, the Lord's Prayer invites us to look upward, to hallow our Father's name. Second, it invites us to look inward. The other week, my phone reminded me with an update to go out to Messiah College just across the river for a track and field meet to watch one of our seniors in college, a student who's been a part of our church and family, been a part of our church for years, and to watch him compete in the decathlon. A decathlon is a two-day competition where you have ten events over the two days, and the meet was, of course, sadly canceled, just like everything else in our lives these days. The phone notification and then this sermon passage reminded me of April in 2005, so some 15 years ago. In April of 2005, I'm in the final weeks of my final semester in my final year of college. I competed on the track and field team in college, and in the middle of practice, near the end of my college career of sorts, my track and field coach called me over. And Coach McGuire says, Benjamin, there's someone here who wants to talk to you. And so I ask, who's that, Coach? Sure. And Coach says, they're doing to me, uh, they're doing a long article for the university uh, alumni magazine, and a reporter needs someone to speak with. And he, that's my coach, thinks I'd be the perfect person to write the feature story about. Now, I think to myself, really? Uh, that, that's strange, because in five years, no one has ever wanted to write anything about me and my athletic prowess as a Division I athlete. But then I think, hmm, now that you mention it, coach, it's probably about time for someone to write about how great I am. So let's sound the trumpet and get out the TV cameras. So I asked the reporter uh, what the article is about which was a mistake. (laughs) They wanted to write about a walk-on athlete who throughout his athletic career never became anything more than a walk-on athlete. In other words, they were writing an article about a student athlete who in the course of his career never got one penny of athletic scholarship because he wasn't good enough. (laughs) But this same athlete, for some bizarre reason, never quit. And since they can't comprehend why anyone would do such a thing, they wanted to write a story about it. They thought it would be of interest. So the reporter says to me, may I ask you a few questions? Now that conversation and that article wouldn't have simply been embarrassing to me. It would have been crushing to me if Jesus had not changed everything about everything in the middle of my college career of sorts if the sum total of my athletic achievement were highlighted as an anti-example of what it means to be a great athlete, that would have crushed me. The planets um, would have flown out of orbit because the center of my life was not Jesus prior to that. But then everything changed about everything in college, and thankfully so. Even still, that article was still hard to receive. But in the Lord's... Hard but good providence, he encouraged me to hallow not my name but his, a name far more worthy than my own, and a name far more ability to give stability and joy than my own. As the Lord's Prayer invites us to look upward, it also invites us to look inward. So I ask you, in what ways are you hallowing people and accolades that are not God? And what effect is this idolatry having upon your life? It's an uncomfortable question, no doubt, but the passage invites me to ask it nonetheless. Perhaps you'll answer the question better as you look not only upward and inward, but also outward. Consider those around you and what accolades uh, your circle of friends and co-workers and family hallow. I say that because as much as this passage is about the prayer, it's also about discipleship. Discipleship is just a fancy word for following something or someone. It's about what might be called pattern imitation. Note how what Jesus says here in this passage that leads up to the Lord's Prayer. Let me read a few of the verses to you now. Jesus says, When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet. I've read that before, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Again, it's inviting us to look outward and see what others are doing. But then Jesus says, But when you give to the needy, and then he goes on to explain what your giving, my giving, should look like and not look like. And then he continues, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. But when you pray, and then he goes on to talk about that, and then continuing, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, And then Jesus goes on to give what we call the Lord's Prayer in verses 9 through 13. Again, this passage is about discipleship. This is about pattern imitation. What cultural forces, what materialism, what consumerism are calling to you that say, "Hallow me. And in what ways is your heart listening to those voices? What does your heart give gravity to? Where is your treasure? For where your heart, or where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. As Jesus says just a few verses later in Matthew chapter 6 verse 21. Hallowing God's name means looking upward and inward and outward. Now, so far, that outward look that I've been describing has been largely negative. Don't be like them, Jesus says. That's an outward look to others around us and to see how they act and see how their um, pattern of life is, in a sense, discipling us and how it ought not to be discipling us. But as we close, I want to highlight another outward, more, or an outward look, a more positive look. I mean the outward look of evangelism. What comes, excuse me, the evangelism that comes from hallowing God's name. Consider again the phrase before us, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God is already holy and special. God already has gravity and weight that anchors the solar system of everything. The Lord's Prayer does not teach us to pray that God would become weighty and special and holy. It's not like we're praying to God, Lord, would you please become weighty and holy and special because you're not already. That is not what the Lord's Prayer is about. We pray that people everywhere would regard him as weighty and special and holy. To pray, hallowed be your name, is to ask God to bless the world with an overwhelming sense of who he really is. Let me read a verse that the apostle Peter wrote. Now, Peter was, again, an apostle, but he was a close follower of Jesus and a leader in the early church. And in one of the letters he wrote, he wrote to suffering Christians these words. In your hearts, regard Christ The Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that is in you. That phrase of regarding as holy is the same word in the Greek that's used here in the Lord's Prayer for hallowing. Peter tells us these suffering Christians, those suffering Christians and us, that we are to set apart God's name as holy, to hallow God's name in our hearts. The upward look that leads to an inward look. And we are to do this for the sake of the outward look of telling others about how awesome Jesus is. Peter wants people to so live and so honor our Lord as holy, that the nations will come and ask us about our God. Friends, God wants you to think about the pandemic differently than the world thinks about the pandemic. As society collectively struggles to know what belongs at the center of our lives, Christians have a wonderful opportunity to show them God's worth and value and beauty and grace And how having God at the center of your life is not simply the right thing to do, but it's also a good thing to do for you because it holds all of the details of your life in their proper place. Christians have a chance to show forth the stability that comes when God is at the center. As Jesus taught this prayer, do you know what would have shocked his Jewish audience, the most? It was not the hallowing of God's name. They got that. In the Bible, God is transcendent, meaning He's up there and we're down here. God is holy and He's set apart and He's weighty. He's all those things in abundance throughout the Scriptures. The most shocking part of this passage and of this instruction about prayer that Jesus taught was that we, in our prayers, are to call that God Father. Scholars will tell us that references to God as our Father in prayer do not exist in Judaism before Christianity. Again, now Christianity is growing out of the roots of, and the proper extension, I would say, of Judaism. But even in later Jewish Prayers. You don't have any prayers to God the Father until much later and then only after the first century. What was shocking about this prayer is that the Holy One, the One who is hallowed, welcomes us as a Father because of the Gospel, because of the good news story of Jesus. And we need both of these, don't we? They need to be held together together. A Father whose arms are strong and weighty and powerful. And a Father whose arms are also loving. When we pray that God's name is hallowed in our hearts and around the world, we're not asking that God would become a slave master, but our Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that you are not only strong and powerful and weighty and holy and transcendent, but you draw near to your people in the gospel. And in fact, when we turn from our sins and trust in you, you invite us to become children. Lord, I pray that we would pattern our lives, not on what Netflix or Facebook or the same dreams that our friends at work might be chasing um, chase, but that we would pattern our lives on your worth and value. And that patterning after you and your gospel, our obedience to you, would seem as strange as it really is to our friends and family around us. And we would have inroads to share with them about the good news of the gospel. We pray for this in Christ's name. Amen.